Let's go ahead and come in and find our seats. How's everybody doing this evening? Good. Does anybody in the house tonight love Jesus? Okay, let's just give him some praise right now. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for being everything to us and the power that you have given us to be servants of your gospel message. Man, it's an awesome thing to be in the house with family tonight. Got a very special treat for you this evening. My very good friend, Pastor Chase and his family are with us tonight. He serves on, yeah, go ahead, give it up. He serves on staff at the Sherman location, and we're so excited to have him in Jerusalem. I mean, Durant here tonight, and it's great to have him with us. And uh, why don't you go ahead and give him a Victory Life Durant welcome as he comes to the stage. Thank you, sir. Love you, man. Love you, brother. All right, all right, all right. I could feel the anointing when I crossed the Red River. I could feel it leave. I'm, oh, I'm just going okay. Ah, uh, no. I, I'm already starting out rough, right? I, know, like, I ruined it right there on the, on the first opening statement. Now, I am extremely excited to be uh, with you guys tonight. I, I am, um, as Pastor Zach said, I'm on, on staff there in Sherman uh, as the Grow Teams Director and oversee our next steps and all that fun stuff. And, uh, man, I'm just uh, excited to be here. Do me a favor tonight, okay? I'm going to ask something of you. You're like, I don't even know who you are, and you're already asking me to do something. I am a, uh, a talkback relational type of, if you give me some feedback, we'll get out of here early, uh, get home and watch our favorite show. Uh, if, if I just keep rambling but there's no feedback, we, could, we, we might wake up preaching in the morning. You never know. So, so if I say something that maybe you even disagree with it, just give me an amen. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get prayer later, but give me a preach it white boy or a good job or a hoorah or a, I don't care what you do. Just help me out a little bit and uh, I promise we'll get through this smoothly. The name of the, the, the message of the talk tonight is We Will Rock You. Um, you're, you're probably already nervous. Um, I'm not going to hit you with like a sock field of rocks and like it's, act like it's the anointing. Uh, but we're going to talk tonight about our foundation and building our foundation on the rock. And uh, I think that as Christians, especially as, as seasoned Christians, you know, you know, the midweek service is, is right. It's that core family group, right? We, we're, we are committed enough to church that we come on Wednesday nights. I love that. I mean, I, to me, that's still a, a very important thing to do. But I do believe that sometimes it's very important to revisit the basics, you know, our foundation. You know, after you, you pour a slab or you build a foundation, for the most part, you leave it alone if things go smoothly, even if it's just somewhat okay, a couple cracks here and there, you really don't touch it. But when things start getting really bad and windows are cracking and the house is falling apart and maybe things have shifted, that's when typically you would revisit a foundation. But I believe it's always important to do just kind of a self-awareness check-in, just kind of see where we're at um, in our foundation. Before I get too far into it, I do want to introduce uh, my family. So I've got a picture of them. Uh, it's, it's from us at Jubilee Serving. I've got four kiddos. Yeah. So um, we'll start with my oldest. This is my wife, the oldest. I meant kids. I'm not doing good tonight, y'all. That's rough. We'll start with my beautiful, young, just bride of a of, of, of princess right here. It's my wife, Roxy. Uh, now I'll start with my oldest. Nevaeh, this is Nevaeh, and that's Autumn, that's Daisy Kay, and this is, oh man, this is every bit of Shepherd Hall. Um, he was the last and the only boy for a reason. Um, if you have boys in here, man, God be with you, because he, 
he is only three and just makes me every now I get saved almost every weekend and during the altar call. I'm like, that's me, God. Because, um, man, he's, he's awesome. We, I absolutely love my family. Um, they're all here tonight. Shepard is definitely in class. God be with them. Um, but we didn't want him in here tonight. I promise you that. He would be like repelling from the balcony or doing something. Only, only he could do. He, thank you. He goes to school here, and so um, I'm sorry for whoever watches him. No, he's awesome, but he is, he is a handful, and uh, we, we, have, we have a good time around the Hall House. Um, but let me pray, and we'll, we'll jump into it. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to stand on this stage tonight and share your word. God, I pray that the words that you speak through me tonight are applicable and practical, and God, that it just speaks to the hearts of those that are listening. I pray that we have ears to hear and hearts to receive, and in your name, Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. Hey, I don't know about you guys, but you, I, I know that you are extremely blessed to have a campus pastors, uh, a couple such as Zach and Serena. Can you give them, amen. They are, I mean, I am, I am so honored to be here, and I, I thank you for allowing me to, uh, to take the stage tonight, and um, if I say something that doesn't sit right, he'll counsel you through that later. Um, so that's, I feel like kind of a grandparent. I can do what I want and then just get to go home. I don't, I, anyway, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Hey, we're going to go to the book of Matthew, uh, Matthew 7, 24 through 26, and we're kind of catching the end of the movie, right? It's, it's the end of the Sermon on the Mountain. And, and Jesus is saying this, and he starts in 24, and he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 25 says, The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against the house, kind of like tornado season in southeast Oklahoma. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the what? On the rock. Look at your neighbor real quick, real awkward eye contact. This is the worst part of any, anytime a speaker says, look at your neighbor, I always get nervous, but look at them real deep, real intense, and say, I'm still standing. standing. Come on, one more time. I'm still standing. I think it's important for us to realize and remember that even though we go through some things, even though the wind blows hard and the rain and the, and the, the, the streams rise and the flooding begins... We're still standing. You know, God's a big God, and he does big things. And when we apply our faith and we believe him for it, he comes through every single time. When we have a foundation that can withstand the attack of the enemy, man, what, what is there to worry about? One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is, Be anxious in nothing, but in all things give thanks. Even, even when Jesus was, uh, was called to, to resurrect Lazarus and Mary was like, Hey, Jesus, I don't know that you want to open that tomb because, man, he stinks. He's been dead for like four days. I don't know if you want to do that. Jesus just looks up to God and he says, God, thank you for hearing me. He starts his heart with gratitude, and I think that's so important. We can have a strong foundation. We can be a seasoned Christian. We can feel like we know what we're doing, but without a heart of gratitude, we don't position ourselves in, into, a, into a lane of thanksgiving that, to where God says, hey, you're not just abusing me. You love me just as I love you. And it's important that we can posture ourselves that way. But this is kind of where Matthew takes a turn. In verse 26, it says, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. 
Now, we can all imagine what it would be like to build a house on sand, but obviously he's speaking of a metaphor here. He's, he's really not saying that somebody, uh, hopefully somebody out there hasn't built a house on sand. Um, if you're speaking from experience, let's talk. We'll pray with you later. But what he's saying here is that when you have a faulty foundation, when you don't have a foundation that is solid, that's sured up, and something comes at you, or maybe a, a position at work, you get stressed out, or maybe you've got some bills rolling in, or maybe your marriage is kind of on the rocks, and your foundation together as a couple is not shored up in Jesus. And you're like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Now, we're not just talking about attending church. See, a lot of people would say, hey, I've got a great foundation. You know, I'm solid, we're good to go. I go to, I go to the midweek service. I must be good. I stick around for everything. Everything. I remember that. I remember growing up in church. We were there. I felt like I could just make a pallet in the floor and go to sleep because I was always there. So I grew up kind of assuming I'm a good Christian because I've always been in church. I mean, like as the usher would unlock the door, our family was right behind him. We were always there. But there came a time to where I could no longer lean on my parents' solid foundation because they had a, they had a great foundation. Grew up in church, grew up hearing the word. If I even coughed wrong, they were laying hands and healing me, which I'm so thankful for. But there came a time to where I had to shore up my own foundation. And I had to figure out, okay, what do I believe? Where am I at? When something comes to me, what, what, what ground am I standing on? So tonight, we're just going to kind of revisit our foundation. I think it's important that we just kind of go back to the basics. And what's cool about Matthew is that in, in, in verse 24, we don't have to go there, but what he, what he says is that when, he, when, he, when we put these things into practice, see, God is a God of action. Now, don't hear me wrong. We're not saved by our works. We're saved by grace. But I do believe that God is a God that says, hey, we've got to do some things here so that when the enemy comes, it doesn't say that faith without thought is dead. Jesus didn't say to the lame man, hey, if you want to stand up, then think about it, process it, Talk to your life group about it. He said, if you want to walk, stand up. He gave him an action. I said earlier, when Jesus was talking to Lazarus, he didn't say, hey, Lazarus, if you want to come forth, take a day, process it. Think through it. Do a poll on your Instagram story and see if your friends would like for you to come back to life. He said, Lazarus, come forth. He gave him an action. So our foundation really is relevant to our actions in our life. What are we doing to sure up our foundation? He says, everyone who hears these words and puts them on Instagram. Everyone who hears these words and just talks about it in the life group. Everyone who hears these words and gets them tattooed in Hebrew, because that's the cool thing to do. No, he said, <laughs> I'm sorry, no disrespect. It's getting worse. He said, everyone who hears these words and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man that builds his house on the sand. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be someone that God looks down on and says, man, I just wish you had a better foundation. I just wish you had a solid foundation. I wish that you had no fear, no doubt. I wish that your foundation was so strong that the first expectation is to be healed. The first expectation is to persevere. I wish that you would run to your faith before you ran to your fear. See, God's got big things for us. 
but we've got to be big enough to handle those things. We've got to be big enough to persevere through some things, push through some things. We had a house that we bought in Canyon, Texas, where we moved from. So I'd I, I kind of been around the world and back. Um, and my wife and I lived out in uh, Canyon, Texas, just south of Amarillo, for about the last, well, a year ago. Um, we were there for three years. And uh, great place. Love the people there. Um, so we, we bought a house. We, we really thought that uh, we were going to be there for a long time. And so we um, prayed about it. And we felt like, you know what, this is the time for us to, to purchase a home. Um, kind of one of those houses that you would look at and go, you're going to be here a while. Um, it, was, it was a great setup for us. And uh, we, we drove by it one day, and, and, and my wife saw it. And she called me, and she was like, hey, this, this is our home. This is where I would like to land. And so I just um, did what any person would do, and I got on Zillow, right, to see what the cost was. Because I don't care what it looks like. I want to know what the numbers are. And uh, called her right back, and I was like, you are insane. Like, no, um, no, uh, I rebuke you in that idea of ever purchasing a house like that. But um, what, did, what I did not know is that there was a, a great investment property attached to it. Man, the Lord just really worked out some things for us. We went and looked at the house like five times, um, really just more out of an excitement than anything. Like you would just walk in and go, ooh, ah. And you know, people are asking, like, how's the, how's the roof? Is there any leaks? How's the plumbing? You're like, I don't know, but I've got so many cool pictures of the staircase that comes down. And like, <laughs> I should probably pay attention to the inside, right? But... Um, so we lived there. It was a great home for us. We, we put a lot of work into the interior of the house, like just making sure that, that when, when somebody would come by, it just looked pristine. We got a great new, like this awesome staircase, and we felt like Chip and Joanna Gaines, and it was just, it was just like the perfect HGTV remodel that we did on this house. Um, and when we got ready to transition um, what I would consider back home to this area in Sherman, it was, it was time to now sell the home. So my wife and I, we were, we were thrilled. Like, man, we have put blood, sweat, and tears into making sure this house looked beautiful, into making sure that this house, when, when the professional photographer comes to take pictures, it is just going to be pristine. It's going to look great. I've actually got a picture of the house. Um, th- this is the house that we bought. This is the first day that we, that we actually signed on. I mean, it was just your perfect little like farmhouse style, really cool, so excited, young, had no idea what we were doing, um, bought this house, and we were excited. And we, we thought that this was our mansion, right? It was like, in heaven, this is the house we want. It may not look a lot like to you guys, but this is our style. This is our jam, and this is what we loved. And when it came time to sell it, we were so excited. It was like, I don't know what we bought it for, but triple the price. Because this is what it's worth. This is the value on this home because we had put work into making sure that it looked good on the outside. And then the inspections began. And we had a guy come in and look at the foundation because we got some feedback on some people that were looking. You know, you do an open house and it's just like, um, you're just like asking people to make you upset, right? You're like, don't say that about my home. I love this place. I have to sleep here tonight. Like, we had some feedback that the foundation just felt a little wobbly. But, I mean, I, I had even crawled under the house and, and looked at it and thought, it's good. <laughs> it's what you do, right? When, you're, when your car dies on the side of the road, you pop your hood and you go, yeah, it looks fine. I don't know, I don't know what the issue is. So I did that. I'd, you, you may not think it, but I did. I crawled underneath the house. Big dude, crawling underneath there was not easy. So I'd, I put sweat into it and... I mean, I was scared because there was critters and crawlers and things, and I didn't like it, okay? And I knew that if something touched me, I couldn't get out of there very fast. So I, didn't, I, was, I was invested in this. 
And I went down and I looked at it and I just kind of nodded and looked around like guys do. Like, oh yeah, it's, it's good, babe. You know, it's good. It was not good. There was problems with the foundation that were un, uh, unvisible to me. And I had to have a guy come in and give me a free estimate of my foundation. I hate the word free because he, he evaluated it for free. But then it cost me a lot. So where in the world are you going with this? Well, listen, in our life, there's some things that look great. In our view of things, when I ask you, hey, how's your relationship with God? Man, it's so good. Don't you see me at church? Don't you see me at life group? Don't you see my social media feeds? Don't you see my family? God is so good to us. See, every now and then we've got to have somebody come in and give us a free estimate. We've got to have people in our life that can give us some accountability. We've got to have people in our life that can see the internal instead of just see the external. And man, when he came in and, and went underneath the house, it was uncomfortable. It made me nervous. I was honestly kind of offended because I had already told him that it was fine. So why, who is he to tell me any different? But see, when people come into our life and they tell us, hey, I think this is an area that you need to work on. It's going to be painful because it's going to require change of you. It's going to be painful because you're going to have to get vulnerable with your life group and open up to some things. But man, even though it may be painful, it's going to be worth it. I truly believe that sometimes what, what looks good on the outside is not always the reflection of what's on the inside. And it's our job not only to make sure that we're good and we're sured up and that we're not so focused on the external... But the people in our circle, we're in a series right now called Serve Your Circle, Serving Your Circle. I love that idea, is that we all have a circle of influence. And that circle of influence shouldn't just be, I'm going to compare my car to your car and compare your TV to my TV and compare your family to my family in this constant competition of externals. But it should be an inner vulnerability challenge of, hey, I, I want to help you. I've got people in my life that can come and say, hey, you said this. It, was, it, it wasn't quite on the mark. Let's walk through that. I've also got people in my life that I can say that too. Hey, man, you, I know what you, maybe what you meant by this. Your heart may not have been wrong, but here's how it came out. Here's what it looked like when you said that. I've got them on both ends of the spectrum because I want to make sure that I'm surrounded by people that can help me make sure that my foundation is sured up so that I can lead my family, not based off externals, but worried about our internal, our spirit man, our foundation, our relationship with God. It's not always comfortable, though. Because even as a pastor on staff, right, when I say that, I'm, you know, Pastor Chase, everything's good, right? Everything's perfect. I love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. But I've got issues. Can I be real with you? We all do. We've all got things that we have to have people in our life that say, hey, you're kind of being a jerk about that. Or you're kind of being arrogant. Or you spent way too much time on your haircut when you went and got spoke, when you spoke in Durant than you did studying. I got people in my life that can say things like that. Don't, because I've got people that'll say that. You don't need to. It's okay. But I was shocked when he told me the results. I was shocked when he said, "Here's what it's going to cost you." My wife and I's marriage. We we were. I mean, we are young. I say we were. I'm. God, I am young and nimble and athletic, and I can still do things I did 10 years ago. Thank you, Jesus. But we haven't been married very long, and in December, it's just going to be right at seven years, and it's eight years. Oh, seven. It's getting worse. Here we go. And it's just not good. Seven. 
Number of completion, but not in our marriage. That'll sit in. It'll get there. We were in Canyon, and I was just, I, I, I was at a church, and I was excited, and my adrenaline was pumping because I loved the ministry, and I was just spending way too much time at the church. I didn't know how to balance the church and, and family and make sure that both were healthy, but my family was important. I just, and, and so our marriage was not, um, we weren't on the brink. We weren't going through a divorce. It was just, you know, sometimes you just hit a spot that you need some people to speak into your life. And some of our very best friends in Canyon started a life group. And honestly, um, as arrogant as I was, really, I was like, oh, we should go to this life group so that we could speak into people's lives. <laughs> that was my thought because, you know, I was a pastor, okay? So I'm not going to go to a life group and open up about my issues. I'm going to go and help people with theirs. You don't know me. But I had, our very best friends would, would look at us and they could tell like, hey, something's off. And so God just began to do something in our life. It wasn't comfortable. I had to get vulnerable. There was times I teared up and, and it was weird and it was awkward. And I'm sitting in this room of like 15 people and I'm like, what is this place? Well, like this life group's supposed to be like a grill and chill, like hang out, have some hamburgers, do a good thing, you know, play some beanbag tasks and then go home. But no, it was like, we're going to sit in a circle and you're all going to weep and cry. We're going to pray over you and your marriage is going to get better. And it was just a really big shock to me of what was taking place in this, this trick, this, this <laughs> deceitful party that they had put together. But it did something in our marriage. When we had people, we had accountability. We had people that could give us a free estimate of our marriage and say, Chase, you're just spending way too much time at the church. Or Chase, you're, 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 you're playing golf or you're playing basketball. And how much, have you taken your wife on a date yet? Or you're spending way too much money on clothes and haircuts. Have you, what have you bought your wife here lately? And I had people in my life that could tell me that. And, and it, it put a shift in our marriage. And it, it shored up our foundation is who we were in Christ together. Not my foundation and her foundation, but now we were one. And we, we, we had to make sure that we were both not on sand, not half and half, but we were shored up. And it made a huge difference in our life. See, the thing with accountability is that you might say, well, I've got it all, I've got it all together. But see, you, you, you can't fix a problem if you don't know there is one. And so many Christians, I'm not talking to you guys, I'm talking to Sherman, I'm not there now, so I can say what I want about them. But so many Christians go through life with, well, I'm just, I'm good. I've, I've punched my time clock at church tonight. And they don't know that maybe they have issues in their life because they don't have people around them. They're not involved in a life group. So they can't fix anything they're not aware of. That's why letting people into our life to give us a free estimate, so to speak, of our foundation is so important, so vital to your walk with Christ. Whether you've been a Christian for a day, whether you're going to get saved tonight, or whether you've been here for 30 years, it's important to make sure that we know where our foundation is in Christ and get ourselves plugged into a life group, get ourselves plugged into community, get onto a grow team surrounded by people that love you, serving together, that can say, hey, can we go have lunch? I want to share something the Lord placed on my heart with you. And instead of saying, well, actually, I'd like to take you out to lunch because I've got some things God wants to tell me, you about me and you and you and me, and you need fixed. We've got to position ourselves to a place to where we're okay with people speaking into our life. You can't solve a problem if you don't know there is one. I, I've been on this, I'm not going to call it a diet because I would have to humble myself to call it a diet. I have been 
working on my physique and my health and my heart because I want to be able to throw a football in the next 10 years with my kids and want to be able to run around the house without feeling like I might have to go into like the hospital. And I want to make sure that I can like still jump on the trampoline without every bone in my body breaking. I, I just want to be healthy is literally what I'm trying to say. And, and um, uh, Pastor Seth was running the other night. He, he, he just shot me a text or we were talking back and forth. He said, you want to go running with me? I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. I had all the right things. I had, the, I had the shoes. I had the cool Under Armour shorts. I even had the shorty, like running shorts. It was not pretty, but I had them, okay? <laughs> had the right shirt. Had the right music. I even had like wireless AirPods. I had to have a wire while I ran. I felt so good and confident. And we took off walking. We were doing our thing, right? So I was just kind of getting a feel of what we were doing, because I had no idea. It was just like, hey, you want to go? Sure, let's go. And didn't really get a feel of where we were going or how far. So I started asking questions. I was like, so we, like, we run into Durant. It's going around the block once. Where are we going? And he's like, well, I like to you know, walk five minutes, run ten minutes, walk five minutes, run, you know, whatever. We just kind of had a, a rhythm. I was like, oh, yeah, pff, got this. Walk five minutes. Here we go. Walk in five minutes, good. He's like, all right, this is where we're going to take off running. Okay, all right, let's do this. Minute in, dead. Couldn't breathe. Everything, I'm serious. It was like the world turned black, and I didn't know where I was. I, uh, they, I was talking to Jesus. Here I come. This is the day. Uh, tell my wife I love her. Um, give her these AirPods. I, give the shoes to someone in need because I'm done. I, seriously, I did not know there was a problem. I was so focused on the external that I had not prepared the internal for that battle. And as Christians, so many times, we, we just prepare the external all the time. We make sure our life looks good, the pictures we post. We make sure that we're going to church, sitting on the front row, shaking hands so people see us. But man, when the attack comes, or when the hard times come, our spirit, man, is not prepared. See, we can't fix a problem that we don't know is there. And it's important that when I took off running, I was disillusioned. I felt like Mr. Olympia. It was bad, y'all. Never, never said a word to Seth. He was like, he even asked me one time, he's like, you good? I was like, yeah. He'd take off running. I was like, oh my gosh. Seriously, running for 10 minutes, I, I, felt, I seriously felt like I was doing a triathlon. I was like, okay, is there going to be a, like a lake that we have to swim through next? Because this is miserable. Everything on me is on fire. It was in the middle, of, it was like 9 o'clock at night, so it was dark, but I felt sunburned. I was like, how is this possible? It was, not, it was not good. Bad things happened that night. But that's been about a week ago. And as I started eating healthy and drinking a lot of water, doing the right things, taking care of my body, resting, how important is rest to your life, not only to your physical life, but to your spiritual life. As I started preparing the internal, went to the gym the other night. I'm going to hit the treadmill. I can work out all day long. I can lift weights till the sun comes up. Cardio, me and cardio have a love-hate relationship. It's like, it's like I, I want to love you, but I can't stand you. So I got on the treadmill. I was like, I'm going to do this. I've been, I've been working on the internal. And no lie, I went 15 minutes running straight. That may not seem like that was a mountain for me to climb over, but it may seem nothing to you guys. But it was, it, it, what would have been miserable to me was now easy. And it's getting easier and easier, and easier. Not because of what I look like on the outside, but because of what I feel like on the inside, what's prepared on the inside of me. 
Verse 24 of Matthew chapter 7, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And I got to thinking, some people may not know what the rock is. So I'm, not, I'm not talking about this rock, like, 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 the, um, like th- this, this kind of rock. Or, or I'm really not even talking about th- this kind of rock, um, but, but I am... I am <laughs> I wish I could do the eyebrow. I can't. But I am talking about Christ Jesus, the rock on which we stand on. See, as Christians, it's so important that we don't get caught up in the externals and forget about Jesus. You say, how could I be a Christian and forget about Jesus? Well, because there's a lot of times to where we only call on Jesus when our kids are sick. And we don't have a heart of gratitude to where we wake up every day and just say, hey, God, I love you. Just want you to know that you're my rock. You're my salvation, and I love you. There's so many times to where we, we just focus too much on what's going on externally. We don't focus on what's going on in the inside of us. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 11 through 14 in the Message Bible, uh, or the Youth Ministry Bible. I was a youth pastor for eight years. I didn't say that earlier. Um, but the Message Bible was my saving grace in youth ministry. Um, because it just breaks things down a little bit easier um, to understand. And, and a lot of the scriptures run together, but th- this, this, this passage, um, I, I really enjoy the way that it lays it out. It's kind of intense, but listen to this. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 14 says, Let each carpenter who comes on the job take care to build on the foundation. Remember, though, there's, there's only one foundation, the one that's already laid out. Jesus Christ. Take particular care in picking out your building materials because eventually there's going to be an inspection. And if you use cheap or inferior materials, you will be found out. The inspection will be thorough, it'll be rigorous. You won't get by with a thing. See, the hypocrisy of Christianity will not add up in heaven. And I know that sounds harsh and it's a midweek and you don't know me from Adam, but I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just trying to challenge you of that we can no longer get by with just showing everybody our highlight reel. That's what social media is. You don't see the junk. You don't see the fellowships with spouses over budget and over kids. You, you, don't, you don't see those things. You see the good selfie from this angle that makes you look skinny, right? You, if, in fact, I wish the cameras in here were a little bit higher so you don't get... Whatever this thing is, I just, come on, raise them up a little bit. Zach, come on, man, come on. But you don't see the, the bad in people's life. And when I say bad, I mean real. And, and we got to be careful with how much we lay out there, especially when we witness to people. we got to make sure that, that people don't think that we're a Christian just because just we're acting. People got to know that we're a Christian because of our actions. Our real life actions. See, the Pharisees, they were good actors. But Christ laid out the actions. Here's how you love people. Here's the relationship you have to have with people. It's not a religion. It's not this fake external outward appearance of oh holier than thou. It's, it's, it's you getting plugged into a group or a community and saying, here's the real me, but thank you for loving me anyway. I mean, I, I praise God for his grace. Praise God for his mercy. Because, man, if we were judged by one action of a mistake, 
oh man, we wouldn't be here in front of you now. But it's important that people don't just think that we're a Christian because we're acting. Because one of these days when the inspection comes, we're not going to have anybody fooled. But it's important that people know and that can see our Christianity through the way that we treat people, through the way that we love people. I was at the gym the other night, and I was wrapping up, getting done, and I had a friend with me. And There's a water fountain there that just, it's like rivers of milk and honey. It's just amazing once you're done. It's really ice cold water. I don't know why it's so good, but it's amazing. Um, if that water fountain ever broke, I would quit going to this gym. But um, I was headed over to the water fountain, and I, I, I reached down to get a drink, and I got a drink. And when I stood up, uh, an older gentleman just kind of ran into me, just literally like I was just a cone on the highway, just plow, plowed me over. And I was like, oh, he- hello, sir. And um, I apologized to him because I, I, I thought I hit him, or I thought I ran into him. And um, he, he said, oh, excuse me, I was just looking down, focusing, and I, I wasn't paying attention. I said, hey, not, not a big deal at all. Excuse me, I, I thought I ran into you. You thought I ran into me. Hey, I, come to church. I don't know. How's that work? But, but there was a guy behind me that had just finished up playing basketball, young, younger, I say guy, younger person, 18, 19. Um, and as I walked off, he mumbled and just said, should have hit him. And I, I, I just kind of looked at him like, really? It was an accident. In fact, I thought I was in the wrong. But man, it just, it just makes me wonder what, what was going on internally that made him think just because we had an accident, should have just clocked him. Especially an, an older gentleman that was just there exercising. He didn't bother me. I didn't bother him. We both apologized. We were square. But see, sometimes as Christians... We, we get so mad at people when they do wrong or when, when we, we, we have this expectation of the way that other people should live instead of just loving everybody like Jesus did. Coming out of Jubilee, Holy Spirit did something in me to where, I, I'm going to say this lightly, I haven't always been the most compassionate person as far as like, um, you know, like a... A, a counseling pastor that can sit and listen, because there's people that have gifts for that, and God bless them, but I haven't always been that way, really am, am, am working on, on that, because I, I want to have compassion for people. But, and that's one of the things I went into Holy Spirit praying for, like, okay, God, if you're going to have me pastor people, if you're going to have me um, serve alongside of people, I, I've got I've to feel more. I want to be compassionate. And when he said that to me in the gym of, should have hit him, my heart broke, and I, that, was, that was the switch. That was the switch of, okay, you're no longer a, a judgy Christian of like, well, why should I have hit him, you punk? I didn't feel anger towards that guy. I didn't feel frustration towards that guy. My heart hurt for him because I thought, man, what is wrong? What's going on at home? Or what's, what, how did you grow up that would make you say something like that? I just had a compassion for him. Because I'm working on my inside. I'm not perfect. But I've got people around that I can say, hey, what, how do I pray? What scriptures can I look up? How, I, I want you to help me be more compassionate so that when somebody says something at church or when somebody's going around like you know, the air conditioner and this is my seat, not their seat, and they made my coffee wrong at Elon, and when, how can I just be compassionate and love them anyway even though church really isn't about them? I'm sorry. Was that... Somebody here should let it go. Where's that? Okay. Here's my next note. Uh, 
But there is so many times that it's, it's important for us to love like Jesus. Because I believe that's the foundation that we're built on. If we're built on the foundation of Christ, a lot of people would say, well, you know, Jesus went through the temple flipping tables and was angry. Yeah, but he also loved people. Um, just because it makes you angry doesn't mean that you respond out of anger. We could dig a little deeper into that in the, theolo- the theology, but we're not going to. I got, there's so many clocks back there, I don't know which one to look at. I got five minutes. <laughs> like, like, any, many, many, 30 more minutes. Okay, great. We're going to jump into our takeaways, and then I'll pray us out and we'll be done. But the first one is, is we need to remember that we, we can't, can't solve a problem if we don't know there is a problem. We've got to have accountability. We've got to let people come into our life and give us that free estimate. You know, Jesus didn't do life alone. Following me? He surrounded himself with 12 people. We've got to make sure that we're surrounding ourselves with people that can say things to us and it not offend us. Because if the foundation we're built on is Jesus, and that's a foundation of love, when people hold us accountable to things, our foundation now responds to, thank you for telling me that. I have a heart of gratitude. Thank you for seeing that inside of me. The second thing is that the rock we build our foundation on is not our own strength, but the submission to a Christ-centered life. When you submit to Christ, and you can say things like, your will be done, your foundation is sured up. Pastor Witt at Jubilee, Pastor Witt George, he talked about the gap between real and ideal, and then he talked about kind of having that mentality of, I'm the boss, I've got this, I've got it under control. Man, that is my personality to a T. Like, I, I, not that I don't want to be told what to do, but I probably have a plan. So even if you tell me what to do, I've got a plan that may be better than yours. Okay, that a weakness. I'm having compassion on you. I'm working on it. We're not perfect. My foundation has some cracks, but that's my personality. I'm just wired to have a plan and feel like I'm in control and I've got it. I'm good to go. But then Witt said, take that mentality and contrast it to the Lord's prayer of your will be done. So even though I may have a plan, am I asking God, does my plan, does it line up with your will? That's sure enough your foundation the third thing and last thing, that the Pharisees were great actors. Jesus modeled the correct actions. Don't be a Pharisaical Christian. Not saying you are, so don't get offended. If you're offended, we'll have prayer teams up here in a minute. You can come pray and do all the good stuff. Meet with Pastor Zach. He's a very compassionate guy. But sometimes, if, if, we're, not, if we're not hangry, okay? Hangry is a real thing. It's in the Bible somewhere. Maybe the message version. It's getting worse. We're almost done, I promise. Thank you for putting up with me. Pharisees were great actors. Jesus Christ modeled the correct actions. He laid out exactly how we're supposed to live. He said things like, love your neighbor. How simple is that? Loving is not apologizing after you've done something wrong. Loving is loving before you do something wrong. Apologizing is just something that you should do. When you love people, when you, when you love Jesus, nothing should rattle you. Not, when you have a foundation of Christ, nothing should make you anxious. Does it? Absolutely, because we're human and we battle that. It's a constant, it's not a problem to solve, but a tension to manage. I broke my toe or dislocated my toe or did something crazy to my toe. I'm not a doctor and I didn't go to one. It just hurt for a long time. Now it doesn't. 
but when I looked down, it was kind of kicked out 90 degrees the wrong way, so I knew something was wrong. You don't got to be, like WebMD will help you out. Like if my toe looks like, like this, is something wrong? Yes. Okay, so just laying it out there. But I had a, I had a guy um, at the church, I was limping and, you know, I was wearing flip-flops for like the longest time, which if you know me, that is just miserable because I got to look good, right? And so I had to wear flip-flops and it was just, I was like, come on, man, like this is not helping me at all. And I had a guy at the church, um, he, after like the second week of me limping around and just really hurting, he said, Chase, let me ask you a question. Uh, I said, yeah. He said, have you prayed over it? Have you laid hands on it or gone up and gotten prayer at the end of service and had, had like our prayer warriors lay hands on your, your toe? And I just kind of, I kind of laughed at him. I was like, man, I don't want nobody touching my feet, first of all. Like, uh, and you don't want to touch them. But um, I, I just said, you know, no I, no, I haven't. And he said, okay. And that was it. He didn't say anything mean. I was just like, that, that's it. Like, you're not going to pray. <laughs> I thought had like maybe a divine appointment right here to pray for it. And he was just like, okay. He's like, I just wonder why our faith isn't there like it was in the New Testament. You know, when they saw the blind healed and the lame walk. He's like, if, if Jesus can raise people from the dead, why, why, can't, he, why can't he heal your, your, your hurt toe? I can't confirm that it was broke, but it was bad. <laughs> it just makes me wonder if, that, if our actions really portray who Jesus is. Do we have the faith? That scared me. As I said faith, I was like, what was that? Get him! Uh, but do we have the confidence and the faith, and the boldness that Jesus did. Because if we stand on the foundation of Jesus Christ, that should be our first response. Father God, we thank you for the word that you've given us tonight. God, it is my prayer that we would sure up our foundation of standing on you, our rock. God, you love people. You did miraculous things for people. You were compassionate with people. You were patient with people. So God, help us. God, put people in our, line, our, our path that would help keep us accountable. God, show us which life group to get plugged into, what grow team to serve on so that we can surround ourselves with people. God, even though the results aren't always comfortable, they're always worth it, and it may be a painful process to go through it, but God, we know that it's your desire that we would sure up our foundation and, and have a, an accountability group, get the free estimates that we need in our life. God, we thank you for everything that you're doing at Victory Life Duran. Victory Life is an organization. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Man. Everybody say solid. That was a solid word tonight. Were you blessed? How about one more time, just give it up for Chase and his family and for them being here with us. So honored to have you. He did such a good job. I think we'll have him back. What do you think? Amen. He did. You made the cut, so you'll be here next time. We'll do it. It's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, if we can have the ministry teams come, and I'm so uh, blessed by that word and just confirms a lot of things, even directionally in, in my heart for this campus and things I've been in prayer for us all about. And I just think it's a, it's a beautiful thing 
A word came from one of our uh, lead team members in our meeting. We have a weekly meeting on Mondays uh, from 10 to 12. So if you ever feel led of the Spirit to drop off some breakfast burritos at the church, the lead team would love to eat those during a meeting. I'm not trying to spiritually manipulate you or anything, but I really do like breakfast burritos. So if that's ever on your heart, you can do that. Totally kidding. All right, let it go. Let it go. All right. uh, You're supposed to laugh whenever I make a joke like that. I'm with you all the time. What's the problem? Uh, but, you know, a word came, and, and, and we were talking about takeaways out of, out of Jubilee, and, and Chase and I, of course, have not talked in regards to what he was going to be sharing tonight. But uh, one of the lead team members here at the campus, he said, you know, coming out of Jubilee, I just keep hearing this for our campus and for our staff here in Durant, and that's getting back to the foundation of the centrality of Christ in everything that we do. The centrality of Christ and I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful thing. So just wanted to confirm that word that you brought, and uh, thank you for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If you're here tonight and you have a need, you, you know that even maybe you are in need of that free inspection. You know, we got ministry team members here that are able to pray for you, to believe God with you, to, to partner with you, to start to see a movement of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life. And we'd love for you to be able to connect with them as, as I give the invitation to come and, and just to begin to partnership of ministry. You know, Pastor Chase said we don't live this life alone, and I think it's so true. And a lot of times that foundation foundational issue on the inside of us, I've seen breakthrough time and time again whenever a word like that comes that we don't let an opportunity be missed to act upon that word. And one of the primary ways that we can act upon that is by coming to the altar putting our pride aside and saying, you know what, I need prayer over this issue in, in, in my life. I need somebody to agree with me today for a change. I need to get back to that centrality of Christ and that Christ focus. So if that's you tonight and you know there's some foundational things going on, take a step of faith this evening. Do something with the word. Mix faith with the word that's come forward. And let's spend some time at the altar. And let's allow uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ to minister to us and the Holy Spirit to have first place in the house. Amen. Why don't you stand? Let me bless you. We're going to go ahead and be dismissed for this evening. Father, we're so grateful to you. We thank you, God, for the wonderful blessing of what you've done in your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, we allow ourselves to fall into a place of yes to you. May our yes to you be bigger than our fear, our pride, our arrogance, our insecurity, our anxiety. May our yes to you be bigger than all those things. And out of that yes, I pray that we would see your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives, our homes, our businesses, our families, as it is in your heaven. We give you all the praise and all the glory tonight. And everybody said, amen. You're dismissed. We love you. See you Sunday.